This week we'll be discussing an inevitable part of being a pet parent. At some point, we have to say goodbye. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and this week is Pet Grief Awareness Week. Every day I'll be interviewing pet loss experts, grief counselors, and professionals who have dedicated their lives to helping people just like you before, during, and after the loss of an animal's soulmate. We'll be covering all of the topics that gives heartbroken humans the best support. Anticipatory grief, how to know when to say goodbye and what to expect, and how to manage grief, guilt, and forgiveness. We'll also be talking about ways you can help celebrate your animal's life and memorialize your pet. I hope you find today's interview helpful as you journey through your grief. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and I'm so thankful that Anne Bikey is here joining me for our Pet Loss Awareness Week. She is the pet loss counselor, and she's joining me to cover some really important questions. So thank you, Anne, so much for taking time for this interview. And I appreciate you joining me to share your expertise. You're welcome. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. So Anne, tell our listeners and readers a little bit about how you became the pet loss counselor. And that is actually the name of your website, petlosscounselor.com. But undoubtedly, there's a backstory to how and why you decided mm-hmm. to, to, to take on this line of work and really make it your passion. There is. Dr. Becker, I have a master's in counseling, and I have had animal companions most of my life. And early in the 2000s, it was about 2006 or so, I had a a golden retriever who had been rehomed with me from the time she she was about two and a half when she came to me and she was at the end of her life. I was in uh, the bereavement stage. I was uh, grieving the loss, uh, the loss of her. I knew she was going to soon pass. And I looked at her one day and I realized that I was, well, of course, very overcome by the thought of losing her, but also the fact that I was going to be in this deep grief and sorrow. And I knew that I was surrounded by a lot of people who could help support me in that. But I asked myself, what about all of those folks who are grieving, who don't have anywhere to turn? And at that moment, she gave me this incredible gift of knowing that I should help others as they're going through their loss. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And what a, and what a wonderful way to really honor her life and legacy going forward. It's, it's wonderful. So I have to assume that as you started talking to people about this is kind of the direction that you would like your, your career to at least be, be enhanced by, you started getting phone calls and emails with people saying, Hey, I'm struggling. And what I have found is that a lot of my clients feel that their grief is unjustified compared to, let's say, a human. And so they don't even really want to talk to me about it. And yet we know that that isn't true. We know that that the loss of anything that we love can be as monumental and that, you know, putting, calibrating what species we feel most intense about is, is impossible, irrelevant, and really doesn't hold up. And yet so many people have concerns about facing their grief, but also then getting appropriate help for their grief. And 
Can you just speak to that for a minute about like, do you have people contact you with apprehensions? They they're reaching out because they know they need it, but maybe they don't feel comfortable. Absolutely. And one of that, one of the reasons for that is that our society still tells us that we should just get over it and we should just go adopt uh, another dog or another cat and we should be through it fast. And the fact of the matter is, is that we're not. Our feelings are deep. They're real. They're genuine. They oftentimes overcome us. And so what I hear is that people will say, well, I'm not even, it's almost embarrassing sometimes for people to call me and say, I think I need help. Uh, I, you know, people tell me I should be over this and that's a big stumbling block for a lot of folks is to get to that point where they say it's okay to contact a counselor and maybe I won't have sessions with them. Maybe I'll spend a little bit of time. Maybe I'll give them other resources on what they can do, but just having that moment to talk to someone to know that it is okay, that what you're feeling is real and you've reached out and that's sometimes the first step in that healing process. And so when you, I just, just went this, I I went, I have been through a lot. In fact, I have grief counselors on speed dial because my job is intensely painful for me emotionally, very hard. You know, we were the only people in the world that literally have a license to euthanize. And uh, it's, it's a tremendous burden that our profession bears. So I am very cognizant of my emotional well-being and my health, and I do everything I can to keep myself in a place of feeling good. For people that maybe have never sought out counseling or have never talked to a counselor, or maybe in my situation, my dear friend just went through loss and he happens to be a male. And he was raised being told that, you know, men are strong. And that women may need counseling, which is a little bit was, he said that to me and I was, to be honest, I was offended initially, but I do think that generally speaking, women tend to be more open to talking about about their emotions and men may not be when, when would you say as a professional do humans, all of us, kids, male, female, all of us, when do we realize that our pain is enough for us that we don't want to feel this way? And with people that may have never gone through the counseling process, if you were going to speak to a, to a person who was, who has lost an animal at any point, I was going to say recently, but oftentimes I have had people that have lost an animal 10 years ago, and they're still in overwhelming pain. When, when do we need to start thinking about the fact that talking to someone isn't a sign of weakness, it's a sign of healing. When, when, when should that process begin? Well, perhaps for some folks, it's when they realize that their grief is, they're, they're overcome with grief and maybe they can't function anymore. Um, they're spending a lot of time just 
um, crying and being depressed and not being able to, to function on a regular basis, uh, not being able to go through the regular routine. And that's pretty normal when we have a loss. We do uh, strange things. I always talk about it, it being the putting the orange juice in the cabinet instead of the yeah. refrigerator because you just aren't in the same place that you normally are. Uh, if, if you don't have a loss. So reaching out, if you have that gut feeling that you need to see someone, then listen to that gut feeling and reach out, whether it's uh, maybe you've already talked to friends, maybe you haven't talked to friends, maybe you've had experience in the counseling setting uh, and you know what that's like, then it may be time to reach out to someone. And there are a lot of resources out there. So I really encourage people uh, to tap into those, uh, but also uh, just know that that is the first step in your healing process. If it's nagging at you, oh, I really should see a counselor, then see a counselor, uh, talk to a counselor. Maybe you don't have a lot of sessions. Maybe it's just one or two to get you through that initial period of being on the right track. And when I say being on the right track, uh, grief is not linear. It's a wave. It really is a wave. We all know that we have two days forward and one day back, um, two steps forward. We're feeling good today. And then we wake up and we're back a step or two. Yeah. And for people who wake up and are feeling pretty good, a common thing I hear, Anne, is they have guilt about feeling good even. And so one of the questions I have for you as a professional is that I I just recently listened to a podcast and I heard someone say, you'll know that you have made progress with your grief. If you can talk about your trauma without crying, without a, a, without an emotional response that prevents you from moving forward. And I thought, you know, if, if that's the definition, I, I, I still cry a lot about past situations. So that definition is, doesn't, I mean, doesn't hold for me, but I do totally understand the premise that if we think a thought about our loved one that has transitioned and if we're stuck then in pain, or if we can't move forward, or if every day we wake up feeling okay, and then we have a thought about our loved one and we go back into our dark hole, that's a cue for me as a, as a lay person that we, that you're not at a place that is conducive to living your life in a way that your animal would even want you to. And that that's a sign right there. Mm-hmm. It is. And everyone's different for sure. And what you talk about is still having that grief and still crying. I, I do too, of all of, of my animal companions, I still have those moments, but it's not that deep, overwhelming, um, consuming grief that we might've had when we first lost our pet. So uh, definitions might differ and my definition is, is that every person is different in their grief. But if you get to that point where 
you absolutely are unable to function anymore and it's affecting every aspect of your life, then it really is time to think about uh, going into counseling and getting ca- calling a counselor at least. Yeah. Yeah. And what are your thoughts about being matched to the right counselor? I asked that because my next question is going to be, how can a counselor help us grieving humans with the loss of an animal companion? But, but before, but before we get to how counselors can help, how do we go about finding a counselor that resonates with us? And I asked that because I, when I very first recognized that I was stuck, I was opening my animal hospital and I had just put Gemini to sleep and it was 30 days apart. And I was stuck literally incapacitated and I knew I needed help. But the first two counselors I called to try and explain my situation, I'm a veterinarian. I do this for a living, but I just euthanized my soulmate. It's not going well. They did not support me in a way that was for me good. They are like, oh my goodness, you're a professional at this. I, it was almost like my grief was minimized because I was supposed to have better coping skills, which I clearly didn't have because I was like incapacitated. That response was really upsetting. In fact, and that, that was almost enough for me to say, you know what? I'm not sure I'm going to find a counselor that can help me. That has to be a common, if you are mismatched with the person that you've talked to, that has to be a, a common sequelae for people thinking, oh my gosh, all counselors are, are, are ineffective. That has to be, I mean, I can't be the only person thinking maybe this isn't for me. You're not the only person thinking that because certainly not every counselor is skilled to do everything out there. I do exclusively pet loss and bereavement counseling, although it, it, I'm working with clients who have other kinds of needs that we can work through on a short-term basis. And if I'm not capable of doing that, then I refer them out. But not every counselor is skilled in this. Not every counselor is going to have an animal companion and will have experienced that. So one of the things that I suggest people do is um, counselors have to be licensed in each of the states. So one of the things that people can do is go um, go to Psychology Today, which has a listing of of counselors in states. Not every counselor is listed uh, on that, but that might be a good place to start. I always say to people, well, look for counselors that might have a picture of themselves with their with their pet, with their animal companion. So you know right there that they probably get that and they probably understand loss. So that's a good place to go. And and I am really sorry that those experiences that you have had, the first couple of folks that who you talked to who are counselors, uh, had no knowledge of what to do, uh, of where to go, that you're a professional and you should be able, you should be able to work through this. Right. But no, not every counselor is skilled to be able to do that. So just like everything else, we don't find a match for a doctor right away. We don't find a match for a dentist or any other professional in our life that they don't always click with us. We don't always click with them. So keep looking and ask 
for folks. Ask uh, for referrals. Go to your local Humane Society or ASPCA and ask if they have a listing of counselors. Um, there's uh, an association for pet loss and bereavement, APLB.org, and that will be up on your screen later uh, as a resource, a great resource, and they have counselors listed throughout the states. And that's the best place to start. Keep looking if you've never had experience working with the counselor before and your first call to someone about your pet loss doesn't go so well. Don't stop there. Yep. That's re I think that's really important advice. And, and you're right. Just as it takes us time for us to figure out other healthcare professionals for our physical bodies, it takes the same type of discernment and sorting and evaluation and kind of working through the process of finding someone to care for our emotional mm -hmm. and psychological well-being to partner with that person that you feel comfortable partnering with. So I, I do think it's really important that you find someone that you resonate with just in terms of a working dynamic, but also that they have experience specifically dealing with pet loss. And that was something that my first experience, what I realized is the people that I went to were incredibly qualified for maybe like other types of pain and PTSD and issues. You know, they're amazing at divorce or relationship stress, or they're amazing in other ways, but pet loss, not their forte. And as you mentioned, we can't be good at everything. So my best advice, healthy pets, listeners, readers, subscribers is to definitely seek out someone who states on their website or that when, when you go to, to do a review of them, that they specifically have experience or a passion for pet grief, loss, and bereavement, because it's very different from other types of loss and bereavement, in my opinion. And you need someone that has kind of honed those skills for this particular overwhelming trauma. So I love the fact that you've basically dedicated your career pivoting after you had lost and recognizing what a really important mm -hmm. job you're serving in doing. So let's talk a little bit, Anne, about how, how can a counselor help guide hurting people through their pain? Like, like what are, what, what happens if, if people are listening to this and think, well, I never thought about that, but you're talking about some points that are hitting home. How, how, how does this work? Sometimes it's a matter of listening. So I listen to what has happened. I might ask some questions and those might be some things that people have never really thought about before during their loss. What, what happens when, um, how have you thought about uh, uh, going about your day after your loss? What changes have you made? Uh, what's your routine like? We, we talk about a lot of things. We talk about self-care too, which is incredibly important for folks as they're going through their loss. Um, are they making sure that they're taking care of themselves? Are they eating right? Are they drinking lots of water? Uh, are they... Exercise is a really big one that I talk to folks about. If they have a regular um, exercise routine, 
um, don't don't abandon that now because that is really important to help our bodies feel better and then consequently our mental health too so we talk about all of those things sleep patterns really really an issue we talk about just depression have they had a history of depression we'll talk about those initially and if you've had a history of depression this may really spiral you into a deeper depression um, are you taking medications uh, are you making sure that you take your medications. Is it time for a medication change? Just those basic kinds of things that might really affect us as we're going through this loss. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and do you feel, uh, or have you had the experience when, when people contact you, do they ask you questions like, well, like how many sessions are appropriate because I think a lot of people assume that there should be some defining period that you'll grieve and then you'll get over it. Or like people, I think oftentimes assume, okay, is this a one month or three month or six month? Can you talk a little bit about how everyone's situation is very different and, and timeframes for counseling? It, it is true. Everybody is different. And as I said, uh, everyone I talk to might not necessarily end up working with me in a therapeutic situation. A lot of times clients will come to me and we'll have a session or two. And that gets them on the right track of just giving them some tools to know what they need to do and taking care of themselves. Yeah. Uh, they may contact me again later and say, you know what, I'm still having a little bit of an issue here. Can you help me get through this rough patch? It's an anniversary. Uh, yeah. It's the one year anniversary or it's it's that just whatever it might be that they feel like might trigger uh, a deeper sense of loss. Uh, so everybody is different. I sometimes work with folks who after a session or two, we uncover some other kinds of things. Mm -hmm. uh, so that loss of their animal companion triggers other losses yes. that were maybe unresolved, yep. maybe a loss of, of a, a previous animal companion, maybe the loss of a parent, uh, a sibling, a dear friend. And I have to tell you that during the pandemic, it's been so huge because people have had so many losses. And if you're at home with your pet and say you're the only one at home and you're your pet is with you all the time, you're working remotely or you're retired or what have you, you just don't have your regular routine. You've got that loss and it's so huge. So we may find that we need a little bit more than one session or two. Uh, it may, it just all depends. Everyone yeah. is so different in their needs. And we talk about that and we talk about leaving that open that, that yeah. there's no really, I'm, I'm not going to tell them when they call me that, yeah, you'll need five sessions and you'll be okay. Exactly. Because I don't know that. And they yep. don't either. It's a discovery. It, it's a total discovery. And I also think just when I reflect on my own kind of evolution, working through grief, not only does it come in waves, but I can be good for six months and then just 
usually triggered by something, I realize that I'm, I am overwhelmingly sad again about a, a, a particular instance, but what has been beneficial for me is helping to identify, first of all, what triggers me really helpful. So I can either see it coming or know I'm in a kind of a vulnerable period. Like you said, anniversaries, birthdays, those things are sensitive to me. So recognizing what your triggers are, but also letting yourself off the hook for there to be a time frame. So if you talk to a professional and you get to a place of feeling like, okay, I'm doing okay, taking a month off or, you know, seeing how things go is a okay, but it's also a okay to call your counselor back and say, I don't know quite what I'm feeling, but I'm not feeling as good as I was. It's okay. It's okay to talk about where you're at. I think the key is to be honest about what we're feeling and where we're at. I always hope that the counseling therapeutic situation starts off on a, a very open and honest uh, note because moving forward then is, um, I don't wanna say it's easier, but you've already established those kinds of things. And, and I want to make certain that folks have the ability to call me back if they're in a difficult situation. Uh, a lot of times what will happen is they will just send me a quick email and say, is this normal? Yeah. Like you said, anniversaries, um, what, what's a trigger? Sometimes we don't know what our triggers will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me personally, it's, and, and this happened to me this morning, I was out walking and I saw a dog who very much reminded me of a, a sweet dog that I had adopted from. I was, I will say I was a failed foster. Mm-hmm. I fostered this dog uh, from uh, an animal welfare organization I was working with at the time. And uh, uh, she was um, she was going to be euthanized, but I fostered her and ended up ad- adopting her. But uh, I saw this dog this morning, and it tr- and it really triggered me. Yeah. And I-, I had feelings of sadness, but also uh, feelings of happiness about how she just brought me so much joy, and she was such a. a, a a ray of sunshine in my life. So we just never know. Establish, think of some things before you go to see your counselor on what you want mm. and what you need from that in that relationship or from that relationship, how you're going to work together. So talk about those things from the start, get those out on the table. And, and again, if you're new to counseling, Uh, you may not know where to start, but be honest about that too. And a counselor who is skilled in working with folks who have had a loss, they'll be able to meet you and walk with you on this journey. Yeah. That probably for me is one of the best as a grieving pet parents to other grieving pet parents. It's one, that's one of the best uh, pieces of reassurance that I would suggest that you make just as we have chiropractic for our own physical well-being. We have maybe a chiropractor or a nutritionist and a GP, and you know we have a podiatrist and we have a dermatologist. All these people caring for our bodies, finding someone who will help care for our emotional well-being, finding a professional partner that you really 
trust and that you can be honest with and that you can be open with and that you resonate with the information that they're giving you. That is one of those lifelong pieces that you can move to your toolbox, your well-being toolbox that you just need to call on just as you would if you throw your back or neck out and you want to go see your acupuncturist or physical therapist. When you have something, when you're, when you're emotionally thrown out of whack, having someone on speed dial, in my opinion, is one of the best gifts we can give ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're not always thinking about that too, just as we prepare for the loss of our animal companion, we often don't think about, do we want to bring a vet in to do a home euthanasia? Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to have our animal companion cremated? Those kinds of things. And Those are other things that I talk with someone who is anticipating, who is in anticipatory bereavement. They're anticipating the loss. We talk about those kinds of things because it it makes our grieving process, our mourning process, it's never easy, but we have already made those arrangements. And so when you talk about having a counselor on speed dial, uh, as as we have a pet who is aging, even maybe when we first get a pet, get yourself familiar with this field and counselors who might be in it. Yeah. Uh, just just a note that many years ago, and I've been doing this since 2006, so for about 15 years now, uh, close to close to 16, uh, I did an uh, Uh, an interview with a local magazine. And I had someone call me three years after that interview because they said they pulled that article out of the magazine and kept it. So they were thinking about that. and, And what she told me was, I knew that someday I was going to need this. Mm. So I would say that if you have the opportunity to start to get acquainted with counselors. And if you are in a therapeutic session now, a therapeutic relationship, I should say, uh, ask your counselor, do they do that? Uh, My guess is, is that if you're working with a counselor now or therapist, that they know that you have pets. They know you have animal companions. They probably know how important they are to you because it's come up during the sessions. So ask them, are they able to work with you when you have this loss. That's, that's a really good tip too. And my hope would be that let's say you're, you have a great therapist for that you have been in relationship with that you've worked through a divorce or, uh, or something else with, if they don't feel qualified, or what I would say is if you aren't getting the, the information or the advice or suggestions that resonate with you, about that particular topic, it is a-okay to have two therapists. It's a-okay to have three therapists. It's a-okay just as, just as we have a whole healthcare team for the rest of our bodies. It's okay to have a designated person for, to help you with pet loss specifically. And that's kind of their sole relationship with you is a professional friend for this purpose only. And it's okay. And and that is that is absolutely right. There are some folks I'm working with who see other counselors also because those counselors are skilled in a particular area that I am not skilled in. And this this is what I do. Yeah. 
It's really good. And, Anne, we're so thankful that you do what you do. So if people wanted to learn more about you and your services or pet loss in general, would you talk a little bit about where people can find you or some the, the resources available on your website? Sure. Uh, www.petlosscounselor.com. And uh, that will give you a little bit of background about me and how I moved into uh, this particular area and why it's important to me. And also, if you want to, again, if you want to know a little bit more about counselors and you want to find a counselor, go to Psychology Today. Also, a really great resource is the Association for Pet Loss and Bereavement, www.aplb.org. They have a wealth of information. There are so many books out there that you can get um, that will help you in your loss. Uh, when I first had my loss, there was a little book out there. Uh, this was in the 80s, and I, I didn't understand how I felt. I just knew that I was overwhelmed. There was a little book that I went to, and I mean, it was a little book. And now there are many, many more books that you can get that will help you in your loss. And, and thank goodness there's a better understanding of it, and there's more help available. Uh, those, those are three good resources to go to. Uh, if someone wants to contact me, they can do so Anne at petlosscounselor.com. And I, I would say reach out to also to your local organizations. Uh, if you are in a town where there's a humane society, uh, even if you're not, uh, just tap into those and see yeah. what they might have on their website. Uh, uh, HSUS, ASPCA, go to their websites and see what they might have in terms of what uh, loss. There's a wealth of information out there. Yeah. Thankfully, I am. I am so thankful that that in the last 20 years, this, this topic has moved from sidelines to front and center because animals fill a, a space in our lives that is irreplaceable. I mean, humans know any other relationship that is magnificent and meaningful and life-changing, we're thankful for. But animals specifically fill a part of our souls that nothing else can. And I'm so thankful that we can have counselors dedicated and committed to helping us through our grief process when those animals transition, because it's very different from other types of loss and other types of grief and having counselors trained to be able to help us through this most difficult time is I think one of the very best things that have happened in the last 20 years when it comes to pet parents moving through their grief and getting to a place where they are able to live with their grief in a product without the grief causing a lack of production or a shift in their life to, to a negative vantage point. And so I'm so thankful for the depth and breadth of professionals, books, resources, websites, conferences available to all of us who, who recognize how very important animals are in our life. I'm just so thankful that, that this is available. I am also appreciative of you taking time today to talk with us. And if people would like to get in contact with you, 
you can visit her website. And do you do Skype or Zoom calls this way or I telephone? Do, I yeah. do phone, phone oh. sessions. Okay, wonderful. Yes. And okay, excellent. So thank you so much for your commitment to helping people feel better. Thank you so much for everything that you do. And we appreciate your time today. Thank you for inviting me, Dr. Becker. And thank you for understanding the importance of this topic. Thank you for watching this interview. I hope you came away with some important takeaways that will be helpful to you on your journey. This is a difficult topic to talk about for sure, but expanding your knowledge and educating yourself about the grief process will help you through it. We're so thankful you're taking the time to care for yourself in this way.